Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com. Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Prairies have long occupied a place in our collective imagination thanks to writers like Laura Ingalls Wilder. But what is a prairie? What separates a prairie from every other field of undulating, unbroken green? Today, Patrick Murphy and I are joined by Jessica Chambers of the ISU Horticulture Center to talk about this. Patrick and Jessica, hello. Hi, Hi Sarah. All right, so living in the Midwest, and especially in central Illinois where land is flat and green, I think many of us are under the impression that we're surrounded by prairies. Jessica, are we? Well, not so much anymore. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, at one time we were. You know, the state of Illinois was about 60% covered in prairies, but uh, most of all those prairies are gone now. Actually, it was about 22 million acres. What we have left of true Illinois remnant prairie is about a little less than 2,500 acres. Oh, wow. So most of our prairie is gone. Here in McLean County, the best place to see a remnant prairie would be out at Weston Cemetery out on Highway 24, right after Shenoa, Weston, and then you see the only remaining four acres of true prairie in this county. Okay, so when we... This is, I think, a thing from my childhood. Driving up to Chicago, you know, you're on 55 for two hours, and you just look out your window and you see green, wide, unbroken expanse. And I always thought, I live in the prairie. But that's not what I'm looking at, correct? Well, you're probably looking at either cornfields or soybean (laughs) fields is what you're looking at. On 55 up up towards Chicago, you do go by a sign that says Medeowin Tall Grass Prairie. Okay. Um, That would be a cool place. I haven't gone there yet, but that would be a cool place to pull over. But, I mean, a true prairie, like, yeah, they're they're mostly gone. Now, there's places um, all over Illinois that there are people hard at work uh, reestablishing prairies. Mm -hmm. So it's... As sad as it is, and, and I really think it is a tragedy, I think the prairies must have been as grand as the Grand Canyon is sure. grand. And I think it's vital that we save those last, you know, 2,500 acres. But uh, there are also people all over the state that are working really hard to, to revitalize or, um, you know, save or reintroduce prairies. And Patrick, I know you have strong feelings about this, right? Like the reintroduction of indigenous plants. Well, I, I think it's uh, interesting. There was a, f- a fellow from the University of Tennessee that visited uh, the Hort Center and stuff a while back. And Jessica, if you can help me remember his name, I don't want to uh, leave him without the credit, but he brought something to my uh, Estes, Dr. Estes. That's right. Dr. Estes spoke at an event and he also spoke with me because I had the privilege of meeting him. And I did not know that a lot of forestation took place where there was once a prairie. So a good intention had an unintended outcome. I thought it was interesting too because there's a tree shortage. Mm-hmm. At the same time, people are planting more trees per capita than they have ever in history. And perhaps that's related to why we're seeing stubble field. Like you mentioned, when you drive up 55, northern Illinois, you see all these areas that look like prairie, but it's actually farmland that has not been cultivated for a while and stubble field has regrown there. So in our in our good faith efforts to repopulate the land with trees, have we inadvertently kind of damaged prairies? Should we be concentrating on planting prairie grass instead of planting a tree next Earth Day? Well, my understanding of that is it's easier to plant a tree than it is to create a prairie. Mm. Creating a prairie takes like three or four years minimum 
from the initial improvement of the ground, sowing of the seed, and a couple of mowings to keep the broadleaf weeds down and to allow the root horizon of the desirables to build up so that they can overtake the broadleaf weeds. I think what's important there, too, is also to consider what was it. Mm -hmm. If this area would have been, you know, prairie, then to me, that's what should go back. You know, if this is a wooded area that, you know, originally had, you know, Illinois hardwoods or it was an Illinois savanna, then that's what should go back. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that for Earth Day next year um, and Arbor Day, I'm leaning more towards focusing on the prairie. Patrick, you have anything to add? Well, I was just thinking about um, I lived in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, I had a job working for the U.S. Army at Kansas State University, and that sits on the edge of the Great Kanza Prairie. Mm -hmm. And as you extend west from that part of eastern Kansas, it starts to turn into the prairie. But Fort Riley is a large U.S. Army combat arms military station that has artillery, aviation, and armor, which means they're firing and burning up big sections of the prairie. And I happen to know that the solution was to plant trees there. So it's another, you know, the intentions are there, but the awareness is not. And uh, I doubt that the trees are probably still there. But I, I have to think of that story to recall in my own mind what I know is a real prairie. Because I think I've had the same experience you've had, Sarah, driving and thinking, gosh, it must have been great. You know, I think in terms of history and mm-hmm what it was like for natives and for pioneers to ride on a horse and see these big amber waves in every direction, just like water. Right. And I can say that in our lifetime, that's definitely been something that's sh- shrank. I, I think it's a good point because like for indigenous people, the prairies would have been everything. Sure. It was their home. It was their pharmacy. It was their grocery store. I mean, it was everything. And picturing it like that, I think, gives it more, gives the prairie more uh, weight, more importance. More credentials. More credentials, yeah. 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 And we've talked about that a lot on this show, Patrick kind of recentering diets around indigenous food systems. And I think this is a really interesting part of that because the whole idea of not planting a tree where a tree wasn't naturally prone to grow and just getting the, getting the land itself back to what it was meant to be. Are there movements afoot, you know, kind of as there are social justice movements around food, are there natural justice movements around the prairies? What's happening right now? I, th- I think a lot of that is regional. Like, mm-hmm. if you go up to the Nachusa grasslands, it's in Franklin Grove. Um, that is um, a prairie area that's been started by the Nature Conservancy and is incredible out there. There are volunteers that drive several hours to go help that prairie and reestablish it. So it sounds like maybe we just have a little bit of a messaging problem around prairies. I, I definitely think it's education. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's something for... I mean, maybe we were taught a little bit about Laura Ingalls Wilder and Red Louse on the Prairie, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't think that as Illinoisans, we have a great appreciation for our prairie, um, and it's beautiful. And, you know, you hear people poo-poo Illinois for many different reasons. <laughs> Every state's got its issues. Of course. But this is a beautiful state. And I think if you're here in central Illinois, then, then go see it. Just go try and understand a little bit. Every time you go see a different prairie, the experience is going to be different. You know, it, it's never it's never going to be the same experience because you're going to see something different blooming. I also, I think I, the one thing I would like to probably end with is that Willa Cather's quote, where Willa Cather called the prairie the dome of heaven. And I, I always think, like, 
that's such a beautiful analogy. You know, if you think you put a dome on a cake, and you know, and you do, I always think like this beautiful ice cake. You know, the dome of heaven would have been this huge covering over a prairie that was magnificent, you know, and at her time it would have been magnificent. So like when you're driving across central Illinois, you think, oh, that's flat. If you think of it as this huge dome that you could see as far, you know, as far as you can see, you know, there's no mountains, nothing that's obstructing it. There's a beauty to that. There's an absolute beauty to that. There's a term for that dome. Yeah? It's the firmament. The firmament? The firmament. I don't know that. I, I doubt that you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's a poetic term for sky, and I think that that's something that, yeah, I won't. It's, it's Christian. Oh, is it? It's Christian. So... There was a time uh -huh. that the earth was wrapped in a firmament and everything was perfect. Oh, got it. Everything was perfect. Yeah. So I think that that's a great analogy to the, the dome of the prairie. Yeah. Yeah. The There's nothing new yeah. under the sun. Yeah. It's the firmament. And we encourage you to visit the firmament or the dome of heaven or whatever you want to call it at the ISU Horticulture Center, where students are hard at work reestablishing native prairie space. I'm Sarah Nardi. Thanks for listening.